Hey there, Internet. I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this is the Gem Jam, where we do an episode-by-episode recap of the 1980s cartoon Gem and the Holograms, because it is truly outrageous, and it is truly time for the Music Awards Part 1, Episode 13. That's right, we are T-0 on Tech Rat. Oh my gosh, it's finally happening. Tech Rat is finally happening. It's also dance, but Tech Rat! Nobody cares dance. <laughs> I feel like nobody cares dance is a thing we'll be saying a lot. Yes. Yeah, yes, pretty much. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Uh, so this is a two-parter, uh, so next episode will be part two. These are both written by Christy Marks, of course, the original showrunner. Uh, and you can kind of tell because there's continuity. Uh, people refer to things that happened beforehand. And I actually, uh, this is something that I kind of noticed while we were recording. We may as well talk about this now. I think these episodes, it feels like maybe they were written with the intention of being aired or at least uh, being produced right after the end of Starbright Part 3. Yeah, they feel that way. Because, I mean, it, there's there's just a couple like weird things going on that seems like this would have been smoother if this had come right afterwards. Uh, but we will get into those. In the meantime, we open at the Starlight House or Starlight Manor, Starlight something or other, with the Starlight Girls. Uh, we're focusing on three in these two episodes. Uh, Deirdre, who is the one with the hat and the guitar, Bonnie, and Chrissy, who is pretty much known for being level-headed. That's her thing. Deirdre, Bonnie, and Chrissy are hanging out in, I think, Deirdre's room, uh, listening to a tape uh, that is hilarious because Chrissy is like, you'll wear out that tape if you listen to it too much. And it's like, ha, ah, 80s. Deirdre really loves the holograms and is so hyped that they know the holograms and wants to play with them, but is apparently unwilling to practice. Even Chrissy's like, you know, you, you kind of have to practice to be like good at the guitar, right? And Deirdre's like, uh, here's a chord and Lindsay's show is on. Because again, Lindsay's show brings the entire household to a standstill. Completely. All of all of the Starlight girls gather together and the holograms if they are present. Except for Mrs. Bailey. I guess she's off actually like running the house. Lindsay today is announcing to the show uh, the Hot Rod Music Awards are coming up, which are apparently a really big thing in, in our universe. And, uh, and the big thing that they're talking about, because it's relevant to our characters, is the new rock group category, uh, the award for that. And the two people that are in contention for this are the holograms, who are described as having a smooth, vibrant sound. And the Misfits, who are described as tough, rough beats and no-nonsense lyrics. And uh, they actually play a couple of songs that we're going to have in this episode in the background, which is a nice little preview. But I gotta say, these are pretty good descriptions of the holograms of the Misfits. And what better time to talk about the Misfits than now? Because they are hanging out with Eric. They're out of a music company because they don't have Starlight Music anymore, which means Eric's out of a job. And this is part of what makes me think that these episodes should have been aired right after the other, because otherwise, what have they been doing since Eric lost Starlight Music in episode five? Um, going to China and messing things up in the, on the ski mountain, obviously. But yeah, the Misfits are out of recording contract, which has not been a problem before now, but is now a problem because the music awards. Them being part of the movie wasn't necessarily predicated on them having a contract. So one could say that this is something that hasn't been a problem until after the movie shenanigans were over. I don't know, maybe they were hinging everything on the movie and then the movie fell apart. Could be. I mean, we, we, we really can't tell. But I mean, they, they got to China. They were invited by China to China without any kind of issue. They went to Venice without any kind of issue. It, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. 
And whatever the case, uh, Pizzazz's answer to this is whatever, we can get a music company. And a storm in on Daddy Gabor Bucks and his two different styles of hair in four different rooms. There's actually a great little bit here. It's one of those, like, you're obviously not listening, so I'm going to say nonsense bits, which I actually always really like. So she's like, uh, Daddy, I need to buy a music company. Mm-hmm. There's this important music award coming up. Uh-huh. So I thought I'd sprout wings and fly away. It's just like, whatever, the bank will take care of it. Just just buy whatever you need, go away. Meanwhile, the Starlight Girls are going, are going, I think it's back to school shopping for new outfits, which is our excuse to have our first song of the episode, which is She Makes an Impression by the Holograms. 80 shopping montage. I've always kind of liked the song. And actually, in the parts that aren't the Starlight Girls doing a clothing montage, there's actually a really nice little animation of Aja just kind of rocking out on the guitar. Uh, which is funny because it's contrasted by Kimber just sort of fidgeting behind Jem off to the side. Yeah, the implication is she's supposed to be playing her guitar or the keyboard or whatever, but we can't actually see her hands, so it's completely pointless. After you mentioned it a couple episodes ago, Mac, I actually went on Rock Gem and looked at the uh, looked at the synopsis for this episode, which rockgem.com is a really great database for all gem related things uh, it's got stuff on the dolls on the on the songs on the fashion it's a really well cared for database and uh, they actually listed some trivia for this episode and one of them was that this is actually christy marx's least favorite music video because they come out in what she calls just like the worst clothes just the most hideous fashion she says and this is the 80s so that's saying something it absolutely is and after the song completes, Deirdre uh, tries to show Jerrica, like, clothes or something. And Jerrica's like, I'm super busy. Can we do this later? And that we're, we're basically going to repeat those lines, like, four times in this episode. But guys, guys, it's an important moment. What is it? It's time to meet Tech Rat. Oh my gosh. Do you know why it's time to meet Tech Rat? Do you know why? Because Misfits music is going up across the street from Starlight Music. This gigantic black monolith that reaches towards the heavens. And Jerrica is at was working at Starlight Music. She looks out her office window, sees this going up, and she's like, It's my worst nightmare come true. Is it really? This is the worst thing you ever imagined happening? That's pretty petty, Jerrica, frankly, for someone who runs a house full of orphans. Although I don't think we can call anyone petty when Pizzazz has decided she wants to set up her music company directly across the street from Jerrica's office. And it's worth noting that this thing is about twice the height of Starlight Music. I mean, it is across from Jerrica's office window specifically. The lady who works at the record company, I think she's the only employee at the record company, honestly. She says, well, maybe it's some other Misfits, which made me laugh because there actually is another band called the Misfits. Like, are you talking about the actual Misfits? So Jerrica's like, I gotta get to the bottom of this. So she goes all the way up to the office and it turns out it's the evil secretary from episode one. Who and I'm and I'm kind of surprised because it pulls one of the go up to a desk and it swivels around and it's and it's somebody you don't expect there and that's been Eric's territory this entire time except now when we get a minor one from the evil secretary which is a fake out because Eric is actually standing right there looking at her yeah it's like the secretary stole his thunder so he's just gonna be there when Jerrica turns around it's pretty great after after Jerrica leaves and, and throws a hissy fit he's got this walkie talkie with the longest aerial I've ever seen it's the it's the height of a full grown man. And then Eric is like, all right, are you ready? He says on this little, like, on this little walkie-talkie. And a mysterious individual 
does an evil thing, which is he turns on a, a billboard ad. It, it just plays a video on the building's billboard, and it's called Misfits Program in all caps. Yeah, that's what he, that's what he's done in his little in his little eighties computer. Run Misfits Program. I feel like the intro for the best character ever. They should have done something a little more dramatic, but okay. Well, I mean, he could have like, we're in. <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, Jerrica is completely shaken by this. She runs home immediately in the middle of the workday, gathers all the holograms in Synergy's room, and Deirdre again pops up and is like, hey, let me show you a thing. And she's like, no, I am so busy. But they meet in Synergy's room because there's misfits trouble. And in order to discover discover what this misfits trouble is, we meet a mysterious figure in the parking garage beneath misfits music. And Eric Raymond, like, whistles for him? Yeah, right? I have that written down. He's like, he, he's like, Techrat, Techrat, here, Techrat, woo! And Techrat sounds like Igor, and it's amazing. Yeah, let's talk about Techrat for a second. Techrat looks like he's supposed to have been modeled on, like, Boy George. Yeah, which he was, actually. Yeah, he's got this, he's got this undercut, this black undercut that just flops over to one side of his face. He's usually wearing some kind of version of, like, an 80s teen suit. On the commentary track, uh, Christy actually talks about Techrat a lot. That she didn't want viewers to like recognize that he was a guy or a girl. She wanted him to be androgynous, and she actually talks about how she had to argue with the uh, she had to argue with the producers for a long time, and they were like, "No, the public won't like that. Make him a man," and she was really upset. Oh, you know that would actually be great, like in for uh, for the comic whenever they ever in- whenever they introduce Techrat because they have to introduce Techrat. Yeah, if they were to introduce Techrat in the comic and and have Techrat be like non-binary or androgynous or something, that would be great. That would actually be really cool. Oh, I love Techrat so much. Uh, so Techrat has something that he's calling a disruptor device. And then Pizzazz and Stormer and Roxy show up. Yeah, they just cram themselves into Eric's car because Techrat's in the backseat, Eric's driving, and they're going to go to someplace with lots of electronic equipment. And the Misfits are just there, and here's where we hear our first Techrat don't touch me. Techrat does not like being touched. At all. I love Techrat. I love Techrat. He hates it. He hates you. He hates everything. He loves his technology. Anyway, back to Jerrica. Right. The holograms are talking to Synergy and they're talking about like, we need something brand new. We need something really cool. And Jerrica's even like, you know, Synergy's kind of part of the show. The lights and the effects are part of the show. Maybe we should actually involve that? Yeah, Synergy decides that she's going to do more for the show by making some flashy lights and lightsaber noises. That's about it. Yeah, she gives Jim, like, a Sentai suit outfit or something. I I can't quite figure out what the heck this thing is. It's bedazzled, whatever it is. You know, that's probably the best word for it. It's bedazzled as heck. And, like, she just makes some flashy lights and, like, glitter effects on the holograms, and they're like, wow! Is this anime? And then outside, we see Eric Raymond's car. Yeah, Eric has arrived, and Techrat uses his disruptor on the mansion, which basically, to sum it up, what this thing does is that it causes Y2K. (laughs) It's true, it does. It's basically a scene from a disaster movie. All the electronics rebel against their masters. Synergy starts freaking out and starts shooting everything with real lasers that burn stuff. I want to point out that this episode has a line that is, Jerrica, get away from her lasers. They know she has lasers. How long has she been able to do this? Is this just a feature they added on after she got fake blowed up by Detective Malone? She has lasers that could kill people. 
And Pizzazz, of course, Pizzazz is like, well, that thing doesn't seem to be doing anything, but I want to try it. Gimme. Tekrat, of course, does not want to be touched. You also get to see a bunch of Tekrat's faces in this point, which Tekrat always has the best faces. If you freeze frame on any of Tekrat's faces, they're amazing. Anyway, Pizzazz breaks the horrible nightmare device. Which is great because Jerrica had been struggling to actually reach the on-off switch of Synergy to actually get these lasers to stop happening, which is like in the middle of the keyboard. It's the exact same size and shape and color of every other button on that display. This one just says on-off. Nobody accidentally hits that? No, never. Never! She would hit them with lasers. The UX on this is terrible. Somebody should have QA'd this. This is awful. This is what happens when you build a light sound AI in your basement. By yourself. By yourself. No QA process whatsoever. None. Techrat is devastated this thingy is broken. Tekrat is consistently devastated that his thingy breaks. I want to I, I want to say that I love how Eric is basically the dad in this car uh, because they're pulling away. Pizzazz is like, Eric, where'd you find this weirdo? And Eric turns around and he says, it's like, Tekrat's not a weirdo. He's a genius. Uh, holograms are late to go meet Video for something. Video, our friend from the, from the movie series, who is the most dated character in the show, and Deirdre once again meets them uh, as the Starlight Girls have been really confused by the minor Y2K. Deirdre's like, but wait, Jerrica, we have, we, let me show you this thing again. And Jerrica's like, we super don't have time. Everything's fine. We're good. Goodbye. And Deirdre turns around and is like, Jerrica doesn't care. And two of the other characters, Leela and Ashley, point out that, you know, Jerrica kind of runs a company, kind of does that. And Deirdre's basically like, well, if Jem was our mom, things would be different around here. Deirdre's like, Jerrica could care less about us. It's couldn't care less, Deirdre. Couldn't. Could care less means that she actually does care quite a bit because she could definitely care less. Her caring is anywhere from one to infinity, but it's definitely not zero. Wow. I hate Deirdre even more now. I just, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm behind you 100%. I'm just being a, a salty English major on this now. <laughs> I feel ya. I feel ya. Ashley defends Jerrica in this scene, and she says, Oh, grow up at one point to Deirdre. Is this, is this character development in Gem? I think so. I mean, this is a Christy Marks episode. The rules are a little different here. That is true. In Christy Marks episodes, there is actual character development. Anyway, then we go to Video's house. Or we go to meet Video. There's a line here, right, as we pull up where it's like, oh, good, Rio's here already. Oh, no, Rio's here already. Yeah. Oh, good, Rio's here, said no one ever. Yeah, I just wrote a frowny face next to that line. Luckily, we gloss past Rio pretty quickly as Video introduces us to a profoundly silly character. To quote what I wrote here, I said, oh, God, dance. No, I didn't realize dance was in this episode. Not only did we get the second best character in Tech Rap, we got the second worst character in Dance. You just got hit with Dance with no warning. Yeah, I was like, I was still giddy from Tech Rat. I was, I was thrilled. I was babbling to my roommates about Tech Rat. And then suddenly I hear me and the music and I go, no, that's a dance song. And I turn and there she is. <laughs> oh, that, that must have been such a rude shock. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Mac. I'm sorry you weren't braced for dance and all of her hair colors. <sighs> for those of you who may not be familiar with dance, dance, spelled with an S, D-A-N-S-E, as we are introduced later, that dance is her stage name, 
Dance is, I believe, I, I think she's Czechoslovakian because we have an episode where we go find her parents for some reason. Dance is a dancer character. She's constantly wearing leg warmers and like a leotard. And she has every single color in her hair. She she got the hair dye that was labeled paint with all the colors of the wind. We, we get a music video now when it's only me and the music and the entire episode's animation budget went into Dance's hair in this video. And this video is essentially just her cannonballing through space. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Dance episodes tend to be boring as heck because Dance is not a very interesting character. She's a dancer. That's about it. Anyway, after the video ends, the applause animation that they're all doing is about two frames long. The first frame is them with their hands open, and the second frame is them with their hands together, and that plays repeatedly. It is the lowest budget thing I've seen on this show, and that's saying something. It's like, we had no budget after this music video. Just, just, what, what do people do when they clap? It's open, close. For good. Isn't that weird for a dancer to have their stage? That's like Aja's stage name being guitar. Uh, and guitar in a different language because it's D-A-N-S-E, so like the dance macabre. It's still dance. People can't tell there's an S when they say it out loud. Anyway, dance runs a home for troubled teens. She volunteers here at the uh. Haven House, <laughs> but she basically runs it because we never see anyone else that actually works here. We see some counselors talking to people. That's it. That's it. Which is like it's a it's a halfway house for runaway teens. And she volunteers here by, I guess, dancing in unoccupied rooms. Yes. You could have fit like more beds in that room dance. You're complaining about how there's not enough beds and you keep an entire room to dance around in. It's not very, It's. it doesn't seem like it's management is very on top of things. Because like, like it said, they are, there are not enough beds. They don't always have enough money. So they're hosting a benefit and they want to know if the holograms will play. And because they are protagonists, of course, they're like, yeah, sure, that should be fine. Benefits. We, we do benefits like a lot. Benefits are kind of our thing. Yep, let's do the thing. No questions asked. No contract. Verbal agreement only. Final destination. So Jem and Rio later on at, uh, at Starlight are working out the lights and sound and special effects for the benefit. Rio's got like a, a whole sort of map set up. And Jem says, oh, great, we've got some new stuff. And Rio's like, great, what are you using? She obviously can't tell him. She can't tell him because she never told him about Synergy. And if she told him now, it would be weird. Why, why would you ever tell your roadies or your lights and sound guys about special effects? She's just like, uh, it's a secret? Secrets? I'm your stage manager. You never trust me. You and your secrets. Yeah, he flips out. Yeah, he, he like chucks a piece of paper across the room and flounces because secrets. I mean, he at least, like, points out that it's like, I'm your stage manager, I need to know these things. But he still has a tantrum. Oh, he has a little hissy fit. And guess who's at the door again? It's Deirdre! And she's got a thing she'd like to show Jem. Because she wants Jem to be her mom. And Jem's like, Deirdre, I'm busy, and slams the door, and Deirdre starts to cry. Because she's like, I'm busy, I've got Rio to deal with, he's a baby, I have to deal with this baby hissy fit right now. I cannot deal with two babies at once. And so Deirdre in her crying goes, I'm running away. And the best part of this to me is actually Bonnie's immediate reply of, me too, I'll be right back. They paid for your eyes. They paid to fix your eyeballs. Why are you so eager to run away? Is it just because you want to be included? Pretty much, because Chrissy's like, what are you, Deirdre? Bonnie's way too young. What are your plans here? What are you even doing? 
Jared is like, you can't tell me what to do. And Tracy's like, oh my God, fine. I'm, I'm coming with you. If I don't go with you, you're going to die. I'm leaving a note for Jerrica. Oh my God. And it turns out that Deirdre's great plan is to go to where they'll never think to look for them. They're going to go to the Misfits, which is funny because that's the last place that when someone ran away, they went to the Misfits. Yeah, like, has Deirdre just not like talked to Ashley about this? Ashley could have told you this was a bad idea, Deirdre. There's precedent for this. You don't run away to the Misfits. They'll lock you in another chest. Our very next scene after the commercial break is some random kid getting kicked out of his house because his dad is, quote, sick of looking at your face. Yeah, it's not the most subtle thing. This is this is Danny. We will become good friends with Danny over the course of these next two episodes. I'm, I'm going to admit, like, every single time this character shows up, the only reason I remember his name is because he has red hair, so I keep thinking, Oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling. He does get called Danny boy at one point in this episode. Yeah, it was validation. Meanwhile, Dance has put together a, uh, a flyer for the benefit uh, because she and Lindsay and Dance and Jerrica are all meeting at Starlight Music to sort of plan this thing out because Lindsay is going to give them some extra publicity on her show. And Dance hands her the flyer, and it says, and this is interesting, the benefit takes place on August 3rd, 1986. So we have a firm date for at least something about how when all this is taking place. Yeah, it's like an anchor in time, and it actually feels kind of weird having a firm date for one of these things. Right? I mean, I, I thought it would just take place in the sort of ephemeral 80s period. Anyway, when Lindsay comes into the room, she says, don't start without me, gals and pals, which I don't know why that line delights me, but it does. Lindsay's just kind of delightful whenever she's not doing her show. She's just like a shockingly fun character. Anyway, Jerrica pops into a side room to change into Jim and then has Synergy create a Jerrica hologram. Holy jeez. They've actually started being smart about this. It's amazing. And also, Jem's outfit here is what I like to call her Jerry Seinfeld outfit. It's like this purple dress with this big, like, blue checked, like, sport coat. I mean, she really looks like she's about to just get up on stand-up and be like, what's the deal with glam rockers? And Lindsay, of course, is the first person to actually notice that there's an issue here with, uh, with the date for August 3rd, 1986. It is the same night as the Music Awards. Yeah, she's like, have you told the Music Awards people you're not going to their shindig? Which I was like, ah, shindig! She says shindig. I love her. They're on the same night because cheap drama and nobody checked before now. You know what I love? I wish that I wish that we would have gotten a sitcom plot out of this where they tried to like, it's like, I have two dates on the same night and I'm going to take them to the same restaurant. I wish they had just sort of been like hopping between the shows. But no. They make a whole commitment and they're like, dance, wow, we're sorry, but Music Awards... And Dance is like, yeah, no, that's cool. The next bit is the the runaway Starlight girls hanging out in front of a yellow van that I'm guessing is supposed to be the Misfits van, but it's not the Misfits van because we know what that looks like. Yeah, it, it looks like a Mad Max vehicle. It's a hideous yellow van. Called Earth 2 Movers. I don't know if that's supposed to be some kind of comic book reference or what. I don't know. It, it, feels, like, it feels like the left hand was not talking to the right hand on this one. No, it probably was not. <laughs> But the Misfits roll up, say, hey, why are you hanging out in front of our van? And then Stormer recognizes that they're Starlight Girls, because she actually cares. And uh, so Pizzazz is like, fine, we'll, we'll take you in. You can go and hang out with us and do housekeeping and stuff. And then she's like, all right, you guys, I got a great idea. And Pizzazz calls Child Protective Services. And says, hey, these, I, I have it on good authority that these three girls ran away. And all of them are being mistreated at Starlight House. You should go check that out. 
So uh, the Misfits are using the Starlight Girls for uh, manual labor. Jerrica comes into the Starlight Room looking for Deirdre. Says, like, do you want me to listen to that thing now? I'm ready. And then it turns out she ran away. He got Chris's letter. They start searching everywhere for them. And then they, like, have a big moral breakdown for some reason. Yeah, Jerrica has, like, a, a complete change of heart about every single decision she's made in recent moments, So, which is why she decides to go see Dance. So they go see Dance. Jem declares that, yep, she'll play the benefit instead of the awards. She's going to skip the awards, do the benefit, because she made a commitment. And, I mean, would that really have actually hurt their chances? It's an awards ceremony. The, the, the voting's already happened. Them not being able to be there doesn't necessarily mean that they are, you know, not going to get the award. You can do a, a, an acceptance speech on a tape and send it in. Yeah, that's, that's perfectly acceptable, even at this point in the 80s. Then we skip to... The Misfits were, you know, doing their thing. They are putting on a concert, just a regular concert. Uh, Danny Boy, our friend, who is unnamed until this point, uh, steals a ticket, which turns out to be worth $50 in 80s money. And it's verified as being in 1986 because it says that on a poster earlier in the show. So 1986 to 2015, $50, $108.87. So about $110. Yeah, still a lot for a kid to have. He ends up climbing one of the towers to see better. One of the one of the rigs that has a lot of the uh, the lighting equipment on it. The Starlight Girls, Deirdre, Chrissy, and Bonnie, have of course gotten to go see this concert because they did housework, and they look up at Danny and say, "That looks like a great idea." Yeah, that looks like an awesome and not even remotely life threatening idea. Let's do that. Let's absolutely do that, and let's climb up to the top before we have any reservations on this. And then we get our next music video which is I Am a Giant. From the Misfits, which I love this song, you guys. It's more giant pizzazz with Rio as Fay Ray. Yeah, yeah, they reenact King Kong here with like the holograms as, as people running from giant pizzazz. The holograms are flying in the planes uh, around King Kong pizzazz. It's everything fantastic and it's everything I love. Just Rio being dragged around by gigantic pizzazz on top of the Empire State Building. It's magnificent. She's basically just a kaiju rampaging through the city in this music video. And then, like, once it's done, she just kind of, like, jumps back down and ends up back up on the stage at the end of this music video. As if that was a thing that actually happened. She just shrinks back down. I'm so cool with that, though. I just want to see, like, the holograms get into a giant robot and try to fight giant pizzazz. Anyway, after the music video ends... Chrissy suddenly realized what a bad idea it was to climb the tower, and then she immediately falls. Yeah, she just, like, she, this is a bad idea, I'm calling it back down, and then she falls, and we get a freeze frame of her falling to her death. Inarguably to her death. And as ever, Memento Mori by our dolls. We haven't made a doll of Chrissy yet, but we actually will later. And that is where we leave off for this episode. We'll be back next week with the Music Awards Part 2 where we'll find out whether or not Chrissy lives or dies by Deirdre's bad decisions. So if you are looking for us online, uh, we have a Patreon. Due to that Patreon, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and uh, and Stitcher. You can also follow us on Twitter to get updates on when new episodes pop out. Follow our Tumblr, where we also post stuff there, too. We are basically on, on most social medias except Facebook, because Facebook sucks. We're also not on Pinterest, because we're not 50-year-old wine moms. Yet. Do they make a glam rock Pinterest? Because I would be all over that, actually. We should look into that. We should. I, I think I think there is enough of a market for it. I think we could really fill fill a need. 
on the internet. Until next time, when we come back with the Music Awards Part 2, I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this has been The Gem Jam, where we remind you to strike while the iron is outrageous.